Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today, we're talking tech and just about everything running with our pal, Kieran Alga. How are you, Rick? I'm well, thank you. I um, had a go at... Uh, running my my best mile in uh, in tribute to the great Sir Roger Bannister because obviously he set his uh, sub four minute mile on on sixth uh, of May so yes. last week so I, I had a bash on the same day um, Good. around the Dulwich three hundred meter track <laughs> which oh, I, where I've been finding myself with increased regularity and uh, my uh, my wife Georgie was on was on the uh, stopwatch and I managed to do. Uh, Five minutes, four seconds. It's, it was really hard, mate. I'll be honest, it was really hard. That's, well, fair play, mate. Five oh five oh four is going some. Yeah, I was, I was kind of, it was, um, I was definitely scaring a few of the less, um, let's say, the more moderate um, runners around the track. And there, were, <laughs> there were these, well, there were these three all... kids who were on a. Bo- you just like powering through. Yeah. So like the first couple of laps, like I wasn't. I wasn't sort of like noticeably kind of like wheezing, but then um, these three kids who were like probably like 14, right. 14, 15, they were yeah. like cycling on the track, sort of like meandering around. And uh, I, re- I definitely scared them on the last lap when I was like, ah, get out of the way. <laughs> and I was, I was sort of almost keeling over and they were just like, who's this bizarre what is bloke? This like, what is he, you know, on oh. his own, r- running himself to death? Um <laughs> But it was good. I mean, actually, it was it was good to to try to yeah, just to do an all out effort and the actual you know it's always a bit it's always a bit of a shock, isn't it, when you kind of push yourself um, that hard. But uh, yeah, it made me think that actually sub five is on the right day. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a million miles away from it. Yeah, mate. Well, this is this is this has been a long this has been a long time coming. Really, this was your this was your challenge before the start of this year, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was, and this is the first sort of time I've had go at it so i think yeah maybe maybe actually you know what i think we're going to talk about racing and running later on but i think in in a kind of more of a race scenario certainly with someone to run with or against is you'd hope that you could knock certainly knock a couple of seconds off yeah yeah, good in that kind of but um yeah that's been me mate how about you how are you yeah I'm, i'm good mate yeah absolutely um i think probably a touch confused about future plans for the nation um but it was good to hear um, that active commuting is being encouraged now for, you know, as, as a government-led thing, that you know, walking mm. and cycling to work, and obviously from our point of view, that includes running, um, has been encouraged. 
So that's that's a hugely positive step, I think, for you know to, to hear from the top down that that's how mm. people should consider the return to the workplace. Um, exercise is now unlimited, so that's also a bizarre sentiment. I'm not sure who has unlimited time as a thing, but um, you know maybe this will be the end of the garden marathon. You know the the phenomenon that has been <laughs> birthed by COVID lockdown. Maybe it's gonna maybe it's gonna move into to sort of ultras now that it's kind of um, unlimited. It's, it is weird though, isn't it? Because I'm I know that sort of an hour of exercise was what was being encouraged, but I'm yeah. not sure that was actually that wasn't a mandatory government you know, enforced thing, was it? No, no, it was, it was a kind of suggestion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was all just it's because yeah, everything was just a suggestion of like, and obviously people have been off doing longer than an hour. I, I've been out on yeah, my right. bike and I've ridden a longer than an hour. Not that much longer, but I certainly have. And, you know, that was, you were kind of, you know, keep keeping it sensible and, and not, you know, not going busy places. And I think that's fine. But unlimited is, is, is a, you know, I think there's a mm. risk that people might overdo it, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think you feel like all the kind of shackles are off and now you can just um, go off on your 12 hour run. But well, you're yeah. right. Like, I say, like, who's, who's actually got unlimited time that that that's that's actually the limiting factor isn't it as opposed to yeah i think it's sort of more like you can go out twice a day if you wanted to yeah right right so that's um, maybe you know more of more of the thing that that was meant but yeah i mean aside from you know this is what week i don't know nine of this happening eight i'm not yeah. like lost track sort of getting a bit sort of familiarity doesn't really make it any better i'd say it's probably <laughs> my my current stance <laughs> well, i mean something that i wanted to bring to uh the etiquette table because you know how we're oh, now nice. champions yeah. of, of running etiquette which is a position that we a position we should absolutely not be in but we like to we like to bring it up <clears throat> and one that uh a previous hot topic that we've we've discussed in the past and that's yeah. uh the use of headphones with running in conjunction with running the use of headphones um yes. We've talked about it in terms of races, and I'm I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to say that in the current climate of social distancing, headphones and running are not a great combo. Oh you, yeah, you're preaching to the converted with me on that, Ben. I, I think um, right. we're talking about you know being aware. It's kind of awareness is what's required, isn't it? In yeah, in kind of shared public space, and you put headphones in, you're dulling a sense, aren't you? You're dulling your hearing, and you're just less aware. And I think. Like, yeah, I actually think it's it should be discouraged. I know some people, I've got loads of mates who are like, I just can't run a step unless I've got, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some soundtrack blasted. And like, I've, I've never been like that. So I, I guess I'm not as sympathetic to that as um, some people would be. I've been, from, I, I can, having, having lived in both camps, I can say that um, uh, there is nothing, there is the great, the, the motivating power of music is absolutely there. Like if you, if you're, I say like possibly new to running and you, you, you know, it, it helps you get out the door and, and to, you know, keeps you motivated. Then obviously we can't dis, you know, discourage things like that, but keep the, vo- if you ha- if you have to run with it, just keep the volume really low or something. I just find it, it's really difficult to sort of, um, be compassionate towards a runner who's oblivious to their surroundings because they're listening to music whilst running along and you're trying to sort of get by, keep two meters whilst, not interfere with them and any other people around you and they're just it's just i just you know for sure enjoy it when you can but i'm just it's it's beginning to irk me i'd say (laughs) 
Yeah, and I think also, also just the actual safety of the runner. Like, I think um, on the very few occasions that I've run uh, with music, I have noticed that actually you're, you're less aware of like a car coming up or a cycle or someone on a bike coming behind you. So I think actually you can potentially put yourself at risk as well, but just by not being, yeah, by not being as aware as you would be if um, if you had, you know, full full hearing. If we were going to go super cautionary tale, you know, don't be a burden to anyone, don't have headphones because you're just adding an element of risk, I suppose is probably the, the sort of super with, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the phrase with kid gloves? Is that the phrase? Or being handled with kid gloves. Yeah, it? something like that, you know, being super cautious about it. If you're going to be super, super yeah. cautious about what your personal safety, then I would not I would not recommend. Well, I say what, on a more positive note, um, I think one of the things that the lockdown has done for people is that they've been more uh, going around exploring their, their local areas more. Um, and I have been falling in love a little bit with the Capital Ring. So the Capital Ring is that it's a 70-mile circular route and it kind of goes around, I'd say, like between zone two and three of London. Uh, and lots and lots of people have, have cycled or walked it all. But um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of things going for it because it's, it's very green. It's pretty quiet and, and it's signposted as well. So I was been doing most of my Sunday long runs have been sort of along almost all on the Capital Ring or, or, or taken in sections of it. and ended up in Beckenham Place Park on Sunday, which has got this new um, new lake that's meant to be opened up for open water swimming but obviously it's just shut at the minute but it was uh yeah it's very nice actually i think um uh, yeah the, the little green spaces in and around me i've appreciated it more than ever actually and i think yeah from what i've heard from other runners that seems to be a a real theme people yeah being more imaginative and, and kind of exploring um yeah places where they live and i think we probably don't do that enough really as a rule yeah oh man i'm with you on this for sure i've just i've been um discovering some some excellent bridleways and footpaths local to me um mainly through the um os maps app um which to which i am a, a yearly subscriber that is not an advert oh. um <laughs> i pay for that <laughs> because it's great honestly i mean it's just um i've used it to really find little bits of, of the countryside around by me um, where i wouldn't have i mean i've sort of maybe glanced at on a bike ride before and gone, oh, it looks quite interesting down there or, or run along a footpath that's deviated and I've just gone, oh, no, I'll stick to the loop that I know. And you have a quick look on the app and you realise, oh, wow, look, this is... And it looks some of it looks completely untrodden, which is great in this time. You feel like you're getting away from as many people as possible. And, and when I've done a, a longer route through these these bridleways and stuff, you might bump into a few people here and there, but they're kind of... A, I think they're, they're the sort of the people of a similar mindset to you perhaps they're just you know that extra level of exploring so there's no sort of everyone everyone understands why they're in that position I guess so yeah it's, it's been that's been really good I think I actively encourage everyone to to maybe rediscover some old footpaths and um, we've received a few letters uh Ben as well haven't we yeah uh, so a very nice one from uh Julia Donovan so this is this is quite a tale so she said I wanted to share my recent experience of giving birth during the COVID-19 lockdown. I said, during my pregnancy, I experienced uh, complications halfway through and was told to stop running. Uh, this massively affected me mentally as running is a huge part of my life. Uh, before going into hospital to have the baby, I received my copy of the May mental health issue. That's one with Kelly Holmes, Dame Kelly Holmes on the front cover. Um, she said, I read every article and finished the magazine while I was in hospital and recovering from a more traumatic birth. I even inspired one of the midwives to take up running as I was chatting to her between contractions. Fantastic. 
So, uh, so your magazine with inspiring us has helped me through a very lonely, uh, tough time. I'm now looking forward to my running, uh, uh, to my return to, um, to running and more top tips and inspiring articles. Uh, once my next issue arrives, she also sent in a picture of a new baby, Adam, who was doing a kind of Superman pose next to Runner's World, which I think was a kind of sign of approval, I hope. Um, I mean, in baby language, that's that's high. That's high sure, up there right? yeah, yeah. It's all sorts of but it was nice yeah very very nice uh letter and yeah lovely to hear that people have been enjoying the issue particularly in sort of very trying circumstances like yeah, that yeah exactly no we had we've had some it's really nice to get letters actually um i mean we say letters these are these are emails letters makes it you know people aren't breaking out the, the quill at <laughs> um but no we had a really nice one from uh robert kerr who's um as chairman of our running club, the Oldchester Running Club in Oxfordshire, I was approached by the local county council to see if our running club would be interested in delivering medicines um, from Bicester pharmacies to patients unable to collect themselves. And I thought this would be good, uh, a good fit for the running club. So I con- he uh, contacted the committee and had immediate support. Uh, there was a small club of 125 members and 54 signed up to the WhatsApp group. And on a daily basis, they sent requests um from Cherwell District Council uh and uh I offer the bare details, i.e. which pharmacy and approximate address and response time. Uh and the longest distance has been an eighteen point two mile delivery. Wow. Which is, so two 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 you know, a nine point one there and back. Um and they're now, you know, they've now completed their hundredth uh, drop. So there's medicine by running. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, that is brilliant. That is brilliant, yeah. It's a really innovative way of, of kind of, well, of, of using running for, for good. I guess a little bit like what good gym do, isn't it? It's kind of using exercise to do social good. No, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely touch. Um, uh, that's a very good, I think maybe that's uh, one for other other uh, councils and, and perhaps people to sort of pick up on and, and take forward what people are doing from that point of view. It's great. Tell you what, Ben, I think it's time we've got our guest of the week on. Fantastic idea. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Kieran Alga, welcome back to the Runners World Podcast. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, all right. Yeah, very well. Ben tells me he's not under the blanket this week for recording, which is disappointing. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I actually have... I, I'm really worried that there's going to be a significant degree of echo to my, my recording this time. I've really <laughs> let everyone down with the... Well, I haven't set up some sort of weird recording chamber this time around but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm what what's lacking in my recording quality will be made up in you dazzling us with technology chat <laughs> yeah exactly I'll, I'll i'll bring the tech I, although i do think you've probably you've set the benchmark now for recording studios around the world once they see this <laughs> setup there's gonna be people asking you for the kit I was I was saying, Kim, that obviously you're you know you're you're talking tech, but you're also our guest of the week. So you've got kind of double, you've got a double life this week in this episode. I feel very honoured. <laughs> so we could also talk about you know what broader stuff. And I know that we, we talked off mic about you know running without racing and whether whether running has meaning. I guess without without races. What what is your what's been your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I was, like a lot of people, I was sort of um, geared up to do quite a number of races this year. I had Tokyo Marathon, was going to do London Marathon, and I would normally do maybe five marathons a year, a couple of ultras, and then, you know, a load of halves 
on the way to those races and now all of those have gone it's given me a little bit of time to sort of reconsider and I think it's definitely you know being able to just go out and run freely without having people sort of either chasing you or feeling like you're chasing somebody has been a bit of a revelation for me actually so in the 10 years that I've been running I've always had races on the calendar and I've really enjoyed running pressure free actually and getting out of that loop of training racing training racing training racing and yeah I think it's been a bit of a a bit of a gear change but a, a real revelation like I've really enjoyed being able to set my own terms of sort of success or failure in a way and I think you know I don't know if everyone else is sort of feeling feeling that as well but it's given running a different sort of meaning to me just being essentially just running for happiness has it has it changed do you feel like you're still running in a way that that is similar to how you would train for a race as in like you're doing shorter quicker stuff longer slower stuff or has it had an effect on actually how like how quickly you're you're running no I'm actually I've flipped it the other way because I've normally I would be doing that kind of mix of you know a long run on Sunday and then doing faster interval stuff that a lot of people will do for marathon training but I've just gone to really low and slow um I'm using heart rate you know I'm trying to keep my heart rate down below sort of 130 140 and really just go out and sort of enjoy myself and plod around and get my head up and, and look around. I've, I've almost taken it as an opportunity by accident to work on that, you know, real sort of low base, which I never really did. I was always quite a high intensity and I was probably guilty of making that mistake. A lot of other runners do where you run in those sort of middle dead zone runs for, for quite a lot of miles. It's been really cool, you know, because I can halfway through a run, I'll happily now stop for a bit you know, sit on a bench or, or just take a, take a moment somewhere where it's quiet and there's no one around. I should say I'm very lucky where I am running at the moment because I'm in the new forest and I can, I can disappear and not see anyone for, for quite a long time. So when I say sit on a bench, I'm not in Hackney. And yeah, it's definitely changed my, my approach to training right now. And it'll be interesting to see whether that remains after we're through all of this. But I've taken it as an opportunity to do something very different. And it's been really freeing and I'm really enjoying it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I think of you as someone who, who did race a lot. You know, you, you were racing kind of probably more than, you probably had more, more than 10 races a year probably, right? Yeah, easily, easily. And and I don't know, I don't really know why when I think about it now. I was sort of, before I came on, I was thinking, is it for the medals? Is it for the, the event? There's, there's definitely something about that buzz in the atmosphere and being in an environment that's sort of safe and supported and then there's the medal, but you know, I having gone out and run, I ran a 13 miles on the weekend and I didn't feel like I needed a medal at the end of it. And I still felt sort of rewarded for having done it. I think it's, it's a sort of combination of two things. I think that firstly, the situation has allowed everyone to sort of be very basic about their approach to stuff because it's all that they can manage. So when obviously if you, when you when you're when you're sort of like restricted or you're you're placed under a, a circumstance where um, life is no longer as you would normally expect it to be, I think the, the just the being allowed to do the one thing that you find hugely rewarding is enough. So straight away you're just like, oh, do you know what? Like before, I'd really fret about a, a training plan for a race day because that's kind of how running had become. But now running is like I'm allowed to escape from everything for a little bit that's fantastic <laughs> like I feel genuinely I like can't 
I can't, the idea of a race being important now feels really, really bizarre. Um, not, not to say that I wouldn't ever want to go back and do a race because you definitely would, because when things go back to normal in inverted commas, that would be something that you would love because the atmosphere, the people, um, all the things that make a race day fantastic is, you know, one of the things that you do. But I think that it kind of, it strips it bare for you, really. You can just see that the the, the, the benefit of running is it helps you feel better. It, it takes you away from a terrible situation for a little bit. It offers reprieve from stress. You kind of already like all the all the pluses become completely holistic, really, rather than sort of like race orientated. Yeah, I think also I'm a bit like Kieran in that I've enjoyed not having a race kind of looming over. But I do think that if you think that you need races to motivate you and stuff, it's kind of part of a narrative that is almost like you're getting some of these sessions done. They're not, you know, they're not enjoyable. This isn't meant to be, this isn't enjoyable stuff. This is about, you know, getting in shape and all the rest of it. And actually, I think that Michael, I, I like all aspects of running actually. And I think I'm happy to train fairly hard as well, just for the, for the, for the pure, for the, for the joy of it. It, it. it ultimately is a hobby. It's something that we do in our spare time, isn't it? And actually I think sort of buying into this narrative of like, Oh, well, without, without a race to, to motivate me, you know, what's the point? I can't, I, I really don't, um, I really don't buy into that at all. I think actually, well, there's so much more to, to run in and, and training hard than, a medal or, or or a time this is actually all of it is is um kind of rewarding in itself i think um as well if you look at it's really it's really interesting seeing everyone who's found running during this time as well new runners and talking to my friends who've all just started taking it up in their brain isn't going cool i found running what can i do next i know i want to race they're thinking cool i found running this is really helping me like that, that, that in itself just is kind of like it's a. It immediately makes me go, "Oh right, yeah, of course." That's that's like the best way of seeing this, isn't it? Not that I'm missing something, but that I've just gained something. Yeah, and I, I would, I was kind of maybe in the mindset that I used races as my points in the year for motivation for a, to anchor my training around, and without that, I would feel sort of rudderless, and maybe I wouldn't be able to train as much, but. Actually, I've, I'm changing that opinion now. And I think that, you know, there's something really, really nice about being able to flex your goals on the day, whether that's in the morning, before you go for the run, or even mid-run. So I've been out for runs where I've just decided sort of halfway, that's it, I've had enough, I'm going to go home now. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed being out. I'm tired, I feel fulfilled, I'm going to go back. I don't now need to push on that extra sort of six miles. And I think that's a it's a really nice thing to to feel and actually it gives you more control over your overall sort of enjoyment of of the run and that yeah that, I don't know there's just something about losing that that pressure that's really nice it makes me also wonder about so there's been obviously a rise in sort of people virtual racing right now so doing the distances and getting the medals and how much emphasis is put on those medals do you need them? You know, does it count? Does it, if you've gone if you've gone and run a, a twenty six point two, and you know you haven't picked up a medal for it, is it still a marathon? Does it still count? And for me, absolutely, and I'm really enjoying that. And actually, yeah. you know, if you go and do your half marathon distance or your ten k, and actually get to the end of it, sometimes if you're in a race, you'll stop and go home. Now you can just go on a bit if you feel like it, or 
you know, I think another thing that people, when you're in that mode of training, the idea of stopping and walking or slowing right down goes against the grain. You're always trying to hit some kind of target of time or distance and a goal. And there's something really pleasant about feeling free enough if you've got a bag on your back to stop and maybe eat something and look around and then just run again. You know, it's a very different experience. What what role is um is technology playing, Kieran, in this? Because I think that in some ways, being a kind of slave to, or to be a, be aware, being very aware of like your splits and and how far you've run, etc. If you, by looking, you know, by having technology on on your wrist or whatever, is is does kind of discourage a slightly more kind of hippie-ish view of running and kind of chilling out when you want. Are you finding that that that's at odds at all with your your love of technology have you had to dial that bit bit down or does it has that it, has it not mattered at all not not necessarily because i guess i'm just using it to try and free me in a different way so i think one of the it's almost like i'm using it as a limiter now so i'll look at my heart rate and you know it's an approximation so i'm using wrist-based heart rate and i'm just trying to keep it under that sort of heart rate zone and that means that i'm running in a way that i can probably go longer i'm it's less intense i'm I'm enjoying it more and um, there's a there is a lot less pressure because you're not you know you're not gust, busting a gut and so I'm using the technology almost to give me the freedom to to run longer I you know and I so I'll just have it at the moment I'll set my watch to have one number on the screen and that's my heart rate I'll ignore the kind of splits and the and the, the overall distance and I'm kind of running until I either run out of gas or I, I need to be back you know it's um so I'm, I'm sort of using it in a way that can support that idea rather than sort of encroach on it. I mean, the fact that you're not wearing a chest strap speaks volumes, mate. <laughs> it's a big change. Although you, I have the other. I did go out with four watches and a foot pod and a chest strap the other day for a, whilst I was testing some gear. So. All right. So fine. Good. Just to reassure everyone that you're still doing mental things. <laughs> this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You talked about how you were now freeing yourself up and we're going to get into a bit of chat about a watch particularly that you've been looking at. Um, but I wanted to touch on something is that you 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 set off very early in the morning the other day and you ran a, um, a 45 mile ultra as part of your testing process. And um, I think I saw that you commented it was probably one of the best runs you've ever had. Yeah, it was it was. It was magic. It was crazy, and it was magic. And again, I just have to sort of say I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so I, I can run without seeing anyone here. And I decided that I would get up. I got up at half past two. I left the house at quarter to four, and I ran to see the sunrise primarily. One of the one of the my I wanted to test the watch, but also I wanted I had this idea that I would like to go and run and see the sun come up in the new forest. And so I went out and. I had I'd sort of set myself the idea that I'd run for nine or ten hours, but if I wanted to stop, I could stop, you know. And it it was and I just went out and I didn't really know exactly where I was going. I just went on a little sort of run of discovery. I was never really far from the place that I knew, but I did find myself getting lost in part of the forest for you know half a mile or so, and it was it was completely liberating doing an ultra run of that distance. I've normally only done that distance in a race. In fact, I've only ever done it in a race. And there's something about being chased and, and, or chasing people in front. You sort of normally, I, I would find myself locking onto people and trying to catch them in ultras. Or when you're tired and people are passing you, it's a very negative feeling. And you're, you're constantly aware of cutoffs and you've got to get to the end and the day can feel very long. And this run was just me. I circled back at the marathon distance to my house where I restocked, changed my T-shirt and went back out. And it was just entirely liberating to know you could stop when you wanted to stop, yeah. go as long as you wanted to go, walk, enjoy the environment, sit on a, you know, sit on a tree stump and, and eat something out of your backpack. And it's made me wonder whether or not I will, in terms of ultras, go back to doing full race ultras or whether I just, you know, there's a, and if my, if my objective is to run a hundred miles, maybe that I would just like to go and run that hundred miles on my own. Yeah, for sure. It sounds great. It does sound great. It reminds me a little bit of um, my friend and I, uh, guy George. We 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 used to try to um, run the distance of our of our birthday. So he turned thirty seven last year, and um, we on the North Downs Way did did thirty seven miles on North Downs Way. And again, again, it was like it was a lovely day, and it was just completely pressure free. It was like, oh, we'll just try and cover thirty seven miles at whatever pace. It was actually half. It was probably a walk. In, in fairness. Um, but it has the same sort of appeal of this kind of DIY, fairly structureless thing. We had an idea, obviously, of the amount of miles we had to cover. But beyond that, nothing nothing really mattered. And actually, every bit as enjoyable as, as long races I've done, completely. And, and, and felt, every, felt just as meaningful as well, without any of the kind of apparatus that uh, an organised race presents. You know, we had a pint at the end. There was no medal, but that was 
that was fine. It's still legitimate and it still kind of felt, still felt like it kind of counted. You still get the happy chemicals released, you know, and you, I, I didn't feel like I needed a medal at the end of that. It was an achievement. And it really interesting. There's another way to look at this as well, because you're on your own or, you know, I think actually there's, there's obviously a good idea to do this in, in maybe with two or three other runners. Your limiter really is water and your availability of water. That's one thing that limits you. But because you're doing it like that unsupported, it's actually sort of even more rewarding in some ways because you've you've had to overcome slightly different elements and you know you're yeah you are sort of battling against a different challenge which is just as rewarding as doing it with lots of other people and picking up a medal at the end yeah i mean the the the, the, the running battle is always primarily against yourself isn't it like regardless of in a race scenario yeah you're probably chasing people now and again but there's always your it's always you against your head so I kind of feel like you take the other people out of the situation, you're still going to get all the benefits of a kind of a race scenario because it's like, oh, this bit's hard, but I've got to keep going or I'm elated because I feel fantastic. It's all the it's all those sorts of things as well that go on in, in your brain when, you, when you're running. So, you know, I think that it's nice. I think that I think everyone is probably enjoying a, the hiatus from racing. Perhaps not everyone. Most people. I wasn't entirely alone, by the way. There were there were lots of new forest ponies and deer <laughs> yeah. and things that when my head torch caught their beady eyes, I wasn't sure how big they were or how far away they were, whether they would eat me or not. So <laughs> no, that's that's great. Well, well, should we talk? Should we talk a little bit about tech then? Kid? We've done, we've talked about kind of that doesn't that almost feels like yeah, not I'm not, I'm not going to call it anti-technology, but that feels like the natural world and returning to something very simple. But presumably, you're still trying out some tech yeah and and on that that long run actually my primary motivation was to take a new watch called the polar grit x out and and test it for the you know for what it's supposed to be good for it's got a new feature called fuel wise and it's a piece of kit that's essentially trying to help us fuel better on runs from 90 minutes up to however long you know trying to help us avoid the wall the bonk whatever you want to call it and this kind of fueling technology i guess has been a bit of a holy grail and this has sort of taken us one step closer it's not reading under the skin it's not looking at blood sugar levels it's not looking at hydration levels under the skin but what it does do is it lets you set up smart reminders for fueling over an endurance event so before your event you go through a couple of steps you tell it you know how long you're going to run for you estimate the intensity of the run and that's based on heart rate zone so you give it a rough indication and then you tell it the size of the portion of your fuel in terms of carbs so for me that was 20 grams so and then it basically spits out the entire amount of carbs you're going to need for that event right and then the number of feeds if you want to call it that that you're going to have to have throughout that duration and what it's it's, it's A, it's really useful for looking at preparation so you can start to think about how many portions you're putting in your backpack, where you're storing them and you know how you're going to eat them. So I got, over the 10 hours that I ran, I had 440 grams of carbs in 22 feeds. So I had portions for that. And then during your run, it, it uses your heart rate intensity and some of your other information about height, weight, gender, all of that kind of stuff to estimate when you need to feed. And so other, other um, sort of tools like this would normally just give you alerts every 30 minutes. It's a pretty sort of blunt instrument, but this is actually reacting to what you're doing in real time. So the idea is, you know, if you're, if you're running harder up a mountain or you're running faster, 
then the feeds will come quicker because you're burning a higher rate of carbs. Right. And it worked. I was really surprised. I didn't expect it to work. I thought, you know, it would be, it would essentially just give me every 20 minutes or something. But I did find there were differences between, in the periods between my feeds. Um, specifically, when I came in on, on the run to have a stop at my house, I was sat around for maybe half an hour and it then elongated the period between my next feed because it spotted that I wasn't doing anything. Mm, got it. it was really clever. So it, it buzzes on your yeah. wrist and it says, you know, eat something now. Um, and some of them were 20 minutes, some of them were sort of 30 minutes. Occasionally it was really, it, it was remarkable that it caught me just as I'd started to get a little pang of hunger. It buzzed, <laughs> almost like magic. Did you, did you, did you follow it, Kieran? Did you, did you, were you kind of like, okay, I'm going to follow what it says? Followed it to the letter, yeah, because I wanted to see, you know, fueling's been one of my, you know, downfalls really in some races. So I find it quite hard to fuel consistently, even though I, you know, I'll basically go with the idea that, you know, you eat little and often. And this really, really worked. I, over that 45 miles, I felt well fueled the entire time. Some of the feeds felt a little bit, more frequent than I would have eaten normally myself. So sometimes it felt like I was topping up before I would have done if I'd have been left to my own devices. But it, it worked. And then post-run, you get this, you get a report of the fuel sources that you use broken down into fats, uh, carbs, and protein, which you can then use to look at for, for next time. So it's, I think it's a really, really interesting tool. It, there are a few things I really wished it would have done that it didn't. One of them was I would like it to have made you acknowledge that you'd eaten. So make you press a button to say, I've definitely eaten. The, the vibration on the wrist is much like a split vibration. And it's, it's very easy, you know, when your head goes long into a, into a race marathon or an ultra, you might have missed it. And I would have liked to post-run be able to see a report of the times that I actually ate and then you feeds that I might have skipped so that next time I can go into it and you know run smarter or, or apply it smarter yeah that's cool though isn't it that's like, not, it feels like a, a genuinely new offering from a watch from, from what I know of it yeah and it's it's on it's only at the moment on the Polar Grit X which is a new it's it's a sort of ultra um, endurance targeted watch it's three 379 pounds has a few other features that are more tailored to being outdoors, but that was one of the standout features and really helped. So, yeah, I think a, a, an exciting step forward in terms of stopping us, you know, hitting the wall and, and messing up our fueling on marathons and and ultras. Kieran, how much is that watch? So the, the Grit X is £379, which is, that, that actually puts it kind of in the, it's mid-range basically. So it's much cheaper than a Phoenix 6. It's more kind of along the lines of it's actually cheaper than the Polar Vantage V, so it's a it's actually quite a keenly priced watch. A lot of people are kind of coming into running, Kieran. And uh, have have you got any tech suggestions for people who maybe are coming into running and, and uh, want more kind of entry level price stuff? Yeah, and I mean, I, it does feel like there's a lot more people out there they're doing it, and you know, you can you can obviously get by using an app to track your runs, but if you if you feel like you're going to be running longer term and you want to upgrade a little bit there's some really good options and I've I've picked kind of three things that I feel like would make a good sort of basic essential runners kit uh there's a, a watch a pair of headphones and then a, a belt to carry your stuff with you and the watch that I've gone for is the Garmin Forerunner 35 it's actually a generation older there's the there is a 45 out now the 45 is a little bit more expensive 
This one comes in at £99 and it's just a, it's kind of a brilliantly basic run tracking watch with GPS that gives you all the main metrics you need without overloading you with lots of, uh, with too much detail. And you get 13 hours of battery life, which is, you know, essentially that's like a week of runs on a single charge. It's, it's nice and lightweight. It has got a bit of a funny square face, so might like that, or might not, but it's a really good kind of workhorse for that 99 pound price tag. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good value, isn't it? And like you say, it seems to offer the kind of essentials, particularly if you're just starting off. Is the, thir- is the, is the 35 the one that's got wrist heart rate in it? Yeah, so you get, you know, you get most of the things that you kind of would need out of a watch like that, but just, just under £100, which is nice. Then, you know, headphones, I guess, you know, most people or a lot of people will like to run with a bit of music for motivation and headphones can be very, very pricey. Now, I've actually picked a pair that, for a couple of different reasons, and then the Aftershocks Trex Air, these are bone conduction headphones, so they work a little bit differently. They use uh, bone conduction to get the sound into your ears rather than plugging into your ears as a normal pair of in-ear headphones would do. Now, I think actually as a beginner runner, there's a lot to be said for being aware of your surroundings as you're running, and these allow you to have kind of an open ear feel where you can you can hear your audio, but you can also hear what's going on around you, whether that be traffic or nature or whatever. It's good, mate. It's good. We were we were in a previous in the, at the start of this podcast, which you weren't privy to. We were lambasting those running people running with headphones. So I'm glad that you've said that they're not the in ear ones. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's a nice you know it's nice if you're particularly if you're going to go out and be part of a community. And you want to flick between chatting and, and running eventually, you know, when we're all allowed to run together. These are, these are a good option for that as well. They're really lightweight. They're race approved. So if you get to the point where you want to run a race, you can use them in a lot of, a lot of races that don't allow normal headphones. Um, you're pretty much guaranteed a decent fit. Some people have a problem with in-ear headphones dropping out. These hook over the ear and sit on the cheekbones. So none of that. Um, and they come in at £99, you get a six-hour battery life as well with those, which isn't amazing, but it's good enough if you're, you know, if you're running an hour a day for, you know, during the week. Yeah. And then the final bit of kit, you know, if, you, if you're taking those headphones, you're going to want to carry your phone with you, not only to listen to the music, but also so you've got a way of contacting family should you need. And I'd recommend the Flip Belt Zipper. It's a really, really nice, comfortable belt that has open sort of pockets that almost grip your gear and you can flip it over inside so that nothing falls out um, you can fit all sorts in there like you could fit four or five gels in there you can fit a phone any size phone cards headphone cases if you carry them keys and you can do all of that without any bounce there's actually a hook in there for your keys as well so you can have security that they're not going to fall out on the floor without you realizing and the belt doesn't cut in it sits nice and flat um, and it's £35, so it's a little bit of an investment, but I've had one for years, and I've, I've, it's still going. Yeah, I think well worth it. A good, a good running um, belt, one of, the, one of the things that people might not think of, but actually super useful. They last a really long time, and it's just, easy, it's just better to put your keys and gels and stuff in a belt, I think, than, than pockets, which can feel a bit kind of cumbersome, I think, and also obviously can fall out as well. There was one final bit, and I did this really quickly, and I'll, I'll, I'll rattle these off, but I, I also went out, because I know there's a lot of people on really tight budgets, and I've been trying to make it my mission to find technology that works, that's really cheap. And that means I'll probably, or obviously sort of going to Amazon and finding some things that 
you know, maybe different brands that you've not heard of before. So I tried a, a watch called the Runtopia S1. It's a GPS running watch, it's got heart rate, and I was hoping that this 99 pound watch might be a brilliant entry level watch for people to use. Unfortunately, it didn't really stack up. The accuracy was way too far off GPS and heart rate, and it wasn't better than a phone app. But I'm trying to find a watch out there for those who want a sort of sub 100 pound watch. Maybe we'll get one eventually. The other option was I found a pair of bone conducting headphones called Vidon F3. Now, these are 53 pounds. They work like Aftershocks. They are not quite as good or comfy as some of the Aftershocks models, but they've got a seven hour battery life. And for 53 pounds, they are, you know, if you're on that kind of budget, they will do a pretty good job. So there's a couple of pieces of, of tech there that, you know, it's particularly the F3, I think, are a good option if you're on a, a much tighter budget. Do you want to talk about Strava segments, Kieran? Kieran, anything to do with Strava, we're all ears. So yeah, you you, you want to you you wanted to talk something about segments, etiquette, and the elapsed time debate. So yeah, what's that? What's that all about? Well, I, I've never. I don't know about you. Do you guys actually chase Strava segments? Uh, no. Uh, no, not 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 religiously. No. Ben, have you? Are you a are you a, sort of the, a king? No, I I think <laughs> I think. Um, the only time I've ever really had a king of the mountains on Strava was just because I was an early adopter, <laughs> and there were just it would it, there were just weren't a lot of people on it. And now I'm absolutely not. I think I I, I have I have everything switched off. I would not have live segments pop up when I'm on my bike or when I'm running. I don't want suddenly to be halfway through a hill and it to tell me that oh there's a segment coming up and and you know because part of me will just go like quick. You better try harder now because there's a thing. And then I really, the other half of my brain goes, that's stupid. Just enjoy being on your bike. So, yeah, now I've switched all that stuff off. Well, I've, I've now, now, you know, having spoken about what we spoke about earlier and being free from all of this, I've actually been testing on one of my runs, I've been testing something, two watches that both have live Strava segments. It's the, it's the Polar Grit X again up against the, the Phoenix 6. And I never yeah. bothered, bothered with this before, but it's weirdly got me interested. And I was just wanted to know really and this is really a question for the listeners out there is it is it okay for me just to walk to a segment and then sprint Ooh. the segment and then go home <laughs> no no i don't no no i think that's i think that's poor strava etiquette yeah yeah you have to it has to be done it has to be all part of the same because the people will you know you can go out for a, a four mile bike ride and warm up for two miles absolutely hammer the one segment for five minutes and then go home again and that's just you know <laughs> that's fine if that's what you want to do with your time but I feel like it, it for it to be worth. It's not in the spirit of things, Ben, is it? If for it to be worth, it's it's to to, to wear the crown happily. I think you. Have, <laughs> I think it has to be part of the whole effort. How how far do I have to do then before I? Or do, it just, <laughs> it, it have to happen naturally. I, it just has to be natural, a natural part of my run. It has to be part of the natural route. It, I think so. I, I feel I like so, it, yeah. it, it might. If you're going out for a five k, and you know halfway through there's a hundred meter segment that's that's fine that's you can't that can't be helped but i feel like basically when it pops up on your feed and you can see that someone has just gone out for that one purpose of doing it you can tell quite quickly i think to the nuanced strava eye i think you can spot it <laughs> well then bit billy in emory down whose segment i've been trying to take from, <laughs> from the gate to the top of to the 
to Silver Street. I'm I'm sorry about that. I'll stop. Right. No, you see. Um, but now you've you've said it out loud. You've got to go for it. And th- and then it made me. All of this sort of was also made me think about the whole. I've been following the whole kind of elapsed versus moving time debate and the Ross the the Ross Barkley. Oh, the Ross Barkley five K. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm. I, you know, we've to- we've talked about this before. I'm not a fan of pausing a run mid run. I think you know it, it's basically a sort of lying to yourself about what you're doing there, but. I'm fascinated by the fact that this has pretty much spawned a whole new event. We should we should, exp- we should explain it, shouldn't we? So this is this is kind of um, Chelsea and England midfielder Ross Barkley. Um, Chelsea put a uh, something out on Twitter that said Ross Barkley's run a five k in sixteen minutes twenty three seconds. I think, and people from the running world thought, hang on a second, that's like obviously he's a professional athlete, but that's pretty punchy for like because it's not exactly specific football or fitness running five k. And then it transpired that. This was about his moving time compared to his elapsed time, right? So, and it, and basically he'd been sprinting and then stopping and had done 5K in total, but it actually taken him about an hour, I think, if you actually <laughs> did the overall time. That, that's kind of it, isn't it? And, then it? and then it set off a whole load of people doing loads of investigations into everyone else who had been putting out <laughs> 5K times. And there's been a whole yeah. sort of thing about whether or not people are doing it for real or not. But I... And then, and actually, on top of that, then people have gone out and said, "Well, okay, well, let's do this for real, and we'll we'll use that as the framework for actually a, a an event, and we'll go and try and beat it." And I'm now fascinated that this is could this be a new Olympic event when we actually have the Olympics? Because someone's done about ten minutes, haven't they? Who's done like a ten minute five k, taking like two and a half minutes off, you know, Bikini's incredible uh, <laughs> record. So uh, I'm, I'm basically going to go sub two marathon. Oh great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna to have to do probably hundred meter sprints, aren't you? With some, with some, some rest. It'll take me a year, and I'm gonna to have to keep my phone charged <laughs> and Strava paused during this time. But I will get there, and I'll come back to you when it's done. Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, my favourite takeaway from that was that it's just great to hear that you're enjoying running so much, but also uh, delivering a slice of tech information for everyone out there. So thanks for that, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Kieran Alger, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do give us a review and remember to tune in next week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.